hey, I want to be an entrepreneur, or I want to own a business someday, or I want to you know, invent something, or create something, or design something. You don't need to go to college for that. You just need the experience and learning. There's a problem. Let me see if I can solve it, right? This is the Eric Hammond Show. Thanks for joining along each week as we uncover tips and strategies to help you grow your business through social media efforts like Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and many other platforms. That was a mix-up. I think we got started on the wrong key, but anyway, welcome back. Running a one-man show over here with all the technology that's going on in this laptop over here is amazing that this show actually happens. So thank you for being here, and thank you for being patient with our misfalls and everything else that happens. And if you're listening on our podcast, thanks for joining us every single day. We have a podcast, if you're not familiar with that, that we just revamped. And uh, depending on when you listen to this show, it might be episode 20 to 40, somewhere in there. I, I can't remember exactly what number we're on, but we're on a daily podcast. Podcast. So if you're joining us, uh, thanks for being there and thanks for following along and share this with somebody you think that might benefit from the content that we provide every single day around here. So without further ado, let's go get into today's questions. The first one is right off the bat talking about getting engaging content. So it says, how do I, how do you document boring content and make it entertaining for your audience? Now, coming from somebody who thinks that my life is not always that interesting and I'm not living this like glamorous, like where's the Lambo lifestyle, right? It can appear boring and maybe some of you who watch my blog are like, oh my gosh, I don't want to watch that. But I'm probably my biggest critic. So I think that you're going to live your life and you're going to do your things. You might not think it's that interesting to other people, but from an outside perspective, there's probably a lot going on that you're maybe missing in the subtleness of it. So what number one, what do you document? You know, what are you creating? Is it a vlog that you're trying to create? Is it just a weekly episode, something like this? Is it just that you're trying to educate your clients on how to use your product or your service and teach them, you know, how much you know about this product and how it's going to benefit their life so much. If you're just standing behind the camera saying, you know, I think this is going to be great for you. It's, it's just going to be fantastic. And, and my company is amazing. Then yeah, like nobody's going to consume that type of content. But if you talk to the camera and you speak to them in a way that lets them know that you care and that you're listening and that you're here to solve their problems, right? Like that's the reason that we do every piece of content around here is to show you guys how to use social media, how to tell your story, how to get your message out there, how to attract clients that you're looking for that want to work with you. Uh, and it becomes a great relationship. So let's get into some of the things that make interesting content. Number one is that when you care about the person on the other side of that lens and you realize who your, call the avatar, right? Who your avatar is. What do they look like? What are they going through in their life right now? What are the struggles and pains that they may be dealing with right now? That's who you need to connect with. So for us, I realized that, you know, most of our audience, and I hate to generalize, but this is just usually who consumes our content based on the stats of video alone. Okay. So they're typically between 40 and 65 years old and they're typically small business owners. That's who we speak to. And it makes sense because we we work with small business owners throughout the United States. We try to help you guys get your message out there. Again, all those things that we just brought up. Traditionally, for us, we found that most of the small business owners we work with have dealt with, you know, picking up the phone uh, and cold calling people. We've dealt with people who send a lot of mailers. We deal with people who use the door knock maybe to try to get new business, you know, if they're trying to sell some type of a service. Uh, And they're just putting themselves out there to cold audiences. And so I'm trying to communicate with you guys in a way that says, look, you don't have to do that anymore. You can 
can create content on a weekly basis. You can speak to your audience and know their problems and their pains. So I understand what you guys are going through right now. I understand being a new business. I understand, you know, maybe being solopreneur like many of you are. I understand having to fill many positions on your team so that you can have an effective business and, and still profit at the end of the day and still make it to year number two and three and five and so forth so that you can beat those statistics and stay in business. So as I get to know you guys better and as I bring more value to you, you're going to be interested in the content that I have to share because it helps better benefit your life. So same goes with you, right? If you're a, a real estate agent and you're talking to the homeowner about how to help them sell their house, or if you're speaking as a chiropractor to the patient who's saying, look, you know, I've had migraines and, and crazy headaches and I've had back pains and I can't use my arm the way that I want to, you're going to help them and they're going to come back more and more and more. So it's going to be interested in them. It may be kind of a boring topic for most people and maybe because you've been in that industry so long, you've kind of become passive to it. But if you looked at it from their eyes and said, okay, what are they wanting to know? What's interesting to them? How can I help their life? They're going to come back. Even if it is a little dry and maybe your sense of humor is a little different than you're expecting or than most people expect you to have, it's it's still going to benefit those people's lives that you're trying to communicate with. And they're going to come back over and over and want to consume that content. The other thing though that you need to do is is have energy, right? Like I, I'm a pretty low energy, like monotone type of person for the most part. When I speak, I move my hands around a lot and I talk really fast and I get excited. Sometimes you can interpret that as, as high energy, but for the most part, like you've got to be excited about what you're talking about. Again, if you're all slumped down in your seat and you're reading something or you're you're trying to memorize something for the camera, it's not going to come across the same way. I don't know if you guys, if you're paying attention today, somebody gave me a great comment last week on one of our other episodes and just said, you're able to speak naturally to the camera. And I appreciate that. You know, I feel like I know my content really well and I try to distribute that to you guys. And hopefully it comes across in the content that I share with you guys through the camera in a way that I'm, I'm trying to connect with you one-on-one, just like I imagine that maybe your face is right where the camera is right now. And I can talk to you one-on-one and look you right in the eye and just say, look, I understand what you're going through, right? If I'm looking all over the place and I'm not paying attention or I'm looking down or I'm trying to read something, or maybe I'm looking at a teleprompter to the side, it's not going to come out the same way. So you got to know your content. You got to have energy. You've got to look the lens right in the eye and speak to that person who's on the other side of that and, and just envision what that avatar looks like, right? You know, are they male? Are they female? What are they going through right now? What's their age? What are their family life situations? What are some other elements of their life that you can get to know? Just be t- pretend that you understand who that person is exactly. Hopefully you know exactly who they are and how you're going to communicate with them because it's easier to do that than try to picture a thousand people, you know, in this room watching me as I do this video and just say, I'm talking to all you guys and I hope that all of you are relating to this. No, like I want to have that one-on-one relationship with each of you. And I want you to feel like I'm listening and able to hear that. And that's how your audience should relate to you too. So as you produce more content and as you document the stuff that you're doing, try to make it interesting and try to speak to that one-on-one person. If you're in the the vlog side of things, so I was kind of thinking about how to answer this question. If you're thinking about the vlog and how you'd answer or speak to that community and and tell the story of the day-to-day life that you live or the week-to-week life or however often you document your vlog, you've got to, I guess, bring in some elements that are going to make you human too, right? So we produce a vlog on a weekly basis around here and it's impossible for me to create enough content on a daily basis just because my head's down so much. And all you'd see if I just had a camera documented me all day long was me staring at my laptop or me working or me with my head down or me on the phone talking to people. And while I may be bringing some great value to you guys because you can see how much I work or or the conversations that I have on the phone, I don't think it tells the full purpose of of who I am and what I do. Try not to mix too much of my family life into my vlog because I want to make this more of a business journey than I do of, you know, who's Eric Hammond as a whole. I think you guys get to know me uh, in my content enough where you realize that I have a family with three girls and 
and and I share a little bit of their life and what they're going through and and the dad that I am to them. But for the most part, you've got to realize like what what am I trying to share with my my vlog, right? Am I trying to share my family life? Am I trying to share my business life? What do I need to see? And if I just show my business life, is it interesting? Nobody wants to watch the whatever that show is, the Jim Carrey with a big bubble that he lived in, right? The Truman Show. Nobody wants to watch that like 24/7 feed of somebody working. I I don't think it's interesting. Obviously, that was kind of a fictional show. If you've never watched the Truman Show, go and watch it. It was basically a 24/7 feed of this guy's life and everything that he did, sleeping, all that kind of stuff. It was always on TV. But you know, I try to show basically in my vlog the things that I'm doing that are interesting. Like when I go and speak, some of the rants that in my car. You know, if you've seen that like camera angle from me just talking to you guys as I drive places. Sometimes I'll show me out doing things with my family. Sometimes it's me traveling. Sometimes it's me, you know, just learning and doing things. Sometimes it's me recording content for my vlog. So you get a lot of just interesting perspectives. So if you're thinking that your content's boring, maybe you need to find a way to step it up. You know, introduce maybe some B-roll to the video, which is basically the video that kind of helps tell the story around what you're doing, right? So if you're going to say, okay, in my vlog this week, I'm going to go, you know, show you guys my selling process and how I work with a new client. Maybe you show some pieces of you preparing for that meeting. Maybe you show some behind-the-scenes stuff of your your brick-and-mortar office. Maybe you show like the client working with your product or your service and seeing how that works out. Just kind of demonstrate again, you know what your business does. So think about the B-roll. Think about the message that you're going to get out there. There's a ton, a ton of great content out there that you can watch from other video influencers that will show you how to create amazing vlogs, how to make your content interesting, different angles that you can film, and different ways that you can tell the story. Sometimes music is, is all it takes to make it a little bit more interesting. But again, the big part of it is you got to know who you're talking to, the message that you want to get out there, and exactly what you're trying to say, so that the person on the other side of that lens can um, completely understand. You know, this message is for me, and this is how it's going to be- benefit my life, and this is what I'm going to get by spending 10, 20, 30 minutes with you in a YouTube video or a Facebook video or something like that. So hopefully that answers that question. Number two, this is the real estate question. We've got two more after this. So if you're not in real estate, stick around because we've got some great questions after this as well. But I'm getting started in real estate. What would your advice be to get started? And I love the getting started question. There's so many agents that come into the real estate world every single year. Unfortunately, real estate has one of the highest failure rates of any other businesses out there because it's so easy to get into, but it's so hard to keep sustaining your business year after year. The failure rate is actually 87% of real estate agents get out of the real estate business within 24 months. And that's just insane to me that that happens, but it's true. I remember being at the brokerage that I was in and every week, every couple months, I'd meet a new bunch of agents and they'd come in and they'd be all excited and I'm doing my thing and teach me all you know. And then three months later, they'd be gone and they just disappear. You know, they may check in every couple weeks and then they just drift off to nothing. And again, the reason why is because it's so easy to get in. The bar of entry is not that hard. You just have to pass a test with a 70% pass rate, which I think most people get on the first try. And then it basically becomes how well can you lead generate? You know, how well can you run your business as a solopreneur? How well can you bring in leads, nurture those leads, follow up with people, continue to meet new people, all those kind of things. So I want to get into some of those elements, um, but just know that real estate is a hard business to get into. And if you're in some other industry and you're like, oh, this is cool. I've been thinking about getting into real estate. Maybe this section of the video is for you. Think about this in a sec that if you're, and I don't know these other industries as well, but if you're trying to become a lawyer, right? And you're trying to get into law, passing the bar is not that easy. I had a few roommates in college who were going to law school. And from what I understood, it was not that easy to get into. And then I've known a few lawyers who kind of take their education for granted and what they do. But, you know, becoming a lawyer is not that easy. Therefore, if you're going to pass that bar, you're probably going to be in law for a long time. Uh, and and I think the, the exam to get into it is what keeps people out. If it was easy, everybody would do it because you can make some great money doing it. 
Same with real estate. And I think that that's the entitlement is that, oh, it's easy to get into. I can make some great money because they've seen other people's success. They only see the highlight reel. They don't see the failure of those 87% of agents who fail, right? So they get into it and then they don't know what to do because real estate school does not teach you how to sell a house. It teaches you how to be legal, how to explain the contract clearly, making sure that you're doing your thing right, making sure that you know you know your math, even though there's like one math question on the whole test. But it doesn't tell you how to sell homes. It doesn't tell you how to go find clients. It doesn't tell you, you know, how do I, I present my listing presentation in a way that makes the seller say, yeah, I want to work with you. So the big things to remember with real estate, if you're getting into it, is you, it's it's a contact sport. And Tom Ferry told me that one time. I met him after an event and he shook my hand and he told me that's that. He said, I was basically like negative three weeks from getting my real estate license. Like I had not gotten my real estate license. And I told him, I'm just about to take the test, but I'm super excited and I want to get into it. And he said, don't become a statistic, meaning don't become that 87% who gets out within the first two years. Like figure out what you're doing, know your numbers, get into it. And I lost my train of thought where I was going with what he was going to say. But he, he basically just said, oh yeah, that's right. It's a contact sport. You've got to meet people on a daily basis. My goal in real estate was to meet five people every single week and just keep adding them to my database, right? So I would go out to public places. I would go out to networking meetings. I would go out Thursday night. We had a, a local meetup here where I could go meet new people and other businesses. It wasn't about meeting the homeowner, the buyer, the seller who was trying to buy or sell a home. It was just about meeting new people so I could get you know referrals and word of mouth exposure and, and just practicing my, my story and saying, this is who I am and this is what I do. That's it. Like I was my own billboard, right? So you've got to get yourself out there. There's like a bunch of different ways that you can do that. One is obviously doing like what I did, like the one-on-one the -on -one or the one-on-many kind of sport where you're trying to get to as many people as you can, try to pass out your card, try to make connections to people so they know who you are. And I think that these principles will apply to any business, right? If you're a brand new carpet cleaner or a brand new chiropractor or you're a brand new mechanic or you're in any business that services local people, it's getting yourself out there. It's meeting new people. It's telling them about what you do so that when the time comes for them to need your service or product, they're going to come to you because they remember who you are. So not only do you capture these five names that you meet every single week, but now you got to stay in contact with them. So like, let's say week number one, I had zero. And by the end of the week, I had five. And by the end of the month, I had, what is that? 25, 20-ish, somewhere there, depending on how many weeks you have. So at the end of the first month, you have 20 new people. Do I call them the next week and say, hey, I met you a week ago. How's it going? Did you find a house that you want to buy or sell? No, like you've got to bring the value. You've got to keep reminding them who you are and what you do and the fact that you know what you're doing. And when you're brand new, you don't know what you're doing. There's a couple things that you can do is number one, show them what you're learning so that they can trust you and know that you're bettering your skills and bettering your, your abilities to sell real estate or whatever business that you're in. But the other side is just, again, showing them the process saying, here's, here's what I'm learning and here's how it's done. You know, here's how you stage a house or here's how you uh, change the oil on a car, right? If you're a mechanic or here's how, uh, you address somebody who has um, migraines all the time, right? You show them what you're learning and how it applies to them. And now you're going to get people who consume your content on a regular basis. We talk around here all the time about producing weekly content. If you can get to the point where it's daily, but at least weekly content that you can share your business and you can show what it is that you're doing. And you can show them that you're learning up here how to do your trade better than anybody else so that you can stand out and be different and unique and attract those clients that you're looking for. So keep meeting five people a day. Keep communicating with them in a way that they want to be communicated with. Maybe it's email, maybe it's text, maybe it's picking up the phone every, excuse me, every month and calling them just to say, Hey, how's it going? You know, this is what's going on. You know, I just want to keep building this relationship with you. When can we meet for coffee? When can we go out for lunch? You know, maybe you have client appreciation days. You just got to stay in front of these people over and over. And obviously the easiest way is to use technology, right? It's email, it's Facebook groups, it's messaging people on Facebook and Instagram through DM. We talked about that strategy a few weeks ago. 
it's sending a text just saying, hey, I'm thinking about you. You know, this is what's going on. And, and what are you up to? And how's your weekend? And, and how's your little daughter doing? It's remembering who they are in your life so that you can have engaging conversations. Use technology to communicate with these people. Keep meeting new people. Keep introducing yourself. Keep getting your card out there. My goal as a real estate agent was to give out a thousand business cards every single year. And then I could remake new ones. I could make them more interesting. I was just giving out business cards to everyone I would ever meet. If I ever met, you know, people I didn't have a business card, I would go home, get their address, mail them a letter to their office, just say, hey, you know, or a little card or whatever and say, it was great to meet you. Here's who I am. You know, how can I service you or help you in your business or do anything to you? Just bring value. When you care more about the people that you meet and get to know, the value of that relationship is going to come back tenfold to you. Meaning that if I care more about what you're going to get out of this relationship and how I can help you and how I can make your life easier, you're going to want to reciprocate and bring me business and bring me value and bring me a friendship as well. Don't just make it, you know, about you and trying to sell houses and get in front of more people. Try to make it about the person that you're meeting. I think some of the best friends that I've ever met in this life put themselves or put me first in their relationship, right? They always want to know how I'm doing. They always want to know how my family's doing and, and how my life's going and how my career's going. And they, they never talk about themselves. They are always more interested in what's going on in my life. Uh, and I try to do the same back to them to be interested in what they're doing. So think about how you can do that in your own business. Meeting new people, right? Learning as much as you can. When you're brand new in real estate, you know nothing about the real estate world except how to pass a test. So go start looking at houses. Go start previewing as many homes as you can. Go start talking to people about their properties. Go. I love calling expired listings because that's probably the biggest source of knowledge that you can learn about what other people failed. So if you're not familiar with that, basically if an agent got a listing and it'll say it was three months or six months long and that house never sold, it becomes an expired listing. And now it's basically free game for anybody to go chase down that homeowner and have the ability to sell that house. We call them expireds in the real estate market. So what happens is the day that that contract breaks on the MLS, it basically becomes free game and everybody can chase it down if they want to. So that first day, the homeowner will get anywhere from 50 to 500 phone calls saying from agents saying, hey, you know, your last house or your house didn't sell. I would love to come and meet with you and have the opportunity to sell your house. It's an insane day for that homeowner. And so what I would do is I would call the homeowner on that day and I would try to be first in the morning, right? Like 738 in the morning and call them. There's only going to be a few that show up every day, depending on where your market is. And basically just have a conversation with them. You know, I, I try to be honest when I'm on the phone as much as possible. Obviously, you've got to get in the door as much as you can. You don't want to lie, but you've got to be forthcoming too and, and share your uh, reasoning for calling and, and what it is that you're trying to do. So I'd call and just say, hey, you know, my name's Eric. I'm a real estate agent. Uh, I don't care if you hire me or not for this position. I'm just calling to learn what happened during the last six months. It looks like you had your home on the market for six months. You were working with, you know, Mr. Smith, the real estate agent. It looks like he wasn't able to sell your house. Tell me what happened. And if you're not like, boom, 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 I want to get in this house. I got to sell your house. I'm going to be most amazing. And you're turning around on me. Most agents do that. They make it about them. If you turn around and make it around them, the homeowner, the person that just struggled to get their house sold, what's happening? You know, tell me, like, did, did you price it right? You know, what was the inside like? Did the agent help you stage it? You know, what do you think went wrong? Did they have open houses? Did they market it? Did they tell the neighbors that it was for sale? Did they call the whole community and tell everybody that they were going to be, or that you're selling your house? Did you get people through? Did you get any offers? You know, was it priced too high in your opinion? What went wrong? And now you're listening. You're almost like the psychiatrist of real estate when this happens. And the good news about what happens here is that it's going to show you what doesn't work. The agent that didn't sell that house failed, right? And you can learn 
learn from their mistakes. And if you can learn from their mistakes, you're ahead in this life. So maybe it was priced too high. Maybe they didn't market the home very well. Maybe they didn't have it staged properly and it didn't look good. Maybe they had a hundred people through that house. The agent didn't do a good job of saying like, this is the best it's going to be, right? You want to have a home that's like put up on a pedestal and displayed for everybody to see and people are going to come through and nitpick it. So you've got to have it just priced right and showing perfectly and then being able to receive offers. And a lot of the times, unfortunately, the agent's the one that makes that home not sell because they're hard to get a hold of or they don't answer the phone or, or they don't respond appropriately or they don't tell the buyer's agent how to submit an offer that's going to work for that client. Get to know what works and what doesn't. Get to know why that agent failed so that you can come in and be the hero and sell that house. You may not get very many of those listings because you may not be super aggressive at first, but you're going to know, you're going to learn what works and what doesn't in that marketplace. So I would spend 10, 30, 40 minutes, whatever it is, every single day calling all the expireds and learning what the other agents didn't do in your market to get that house sold. And you're going to start to see trends. You're going to see how prices are, are priced. You're going to, how houses are priced. You're going to see how homes are staged. You're going to see what it takes to sell a house in that market. So I would say that those are probably the best things that you can do is to get to know as many people as possible, to get to know your business and, and what it is that you do and how you can service your clients the best that you can. And again, this totally relates to other businesses, right? Get to know as many people as you can. Get to know your business. Find out if, for example, if someone's been going to another chiropractor and you talk to them and you're like, and they say this and they're like, I've been to chiropractors before. I still get headaches or I still have backaches. Like I'm not getting the results that I want. Find out why. What did that doctor do to you? What were their processes? How do they help you? How do they address the pain? Did they take x-rays? Did they, you know, check this out. Find out what that last person failed at and now you know where to step in and solve the problems. They're going to tell you exactly what they need and what they're looking for if you just ask the right questions. That's how you get started in any business. You find out how you can service people. You find out what the problem is that they need to solve and you bring them value that nobody else can bring. Hopefully that's some good advice for you. Okay, on to question three. But before we get into question three, one of the things I want to talk to you guys today about, which this is just kind of a sidebar and I wasn't prepared to do this, but we're going to put it in the comments below. Here's the thing. So I found that so many of you small business owners are struggling to get your content out there, right? Like you see me doing this every single week and trust me, we've got a ton of fans who show up for this show every single week. It's it's amazing the support that I get from you guys and I totally appreciate that. And that's the reason why that we do these shows. We have a question and answer show, this one, Ask Eric on Mondays. And then we have our Facebook Friday show on Friday at 10 a.m. as well. And it goes to show uh, what you can do in business and how to run your business and how to get more clients, how to find more success and really attract the dream clients that you're looking for. So what I found is that you guys are struggling to implement the ideas and the strategies that I'm teaching you guys. Uh, and that's okay. I know that it's hard to do these things. I know it's hard to use social media in your business. Uh, and, and I'm, and I'm wanting to introduce you guys what I've created is basically a six week free masterclass. And this isn't the sales pitch because it's free, literally free six weeks masterclass. This is going to be a one-time offer. Uh, this is the month of September. It's September 9th. You basically have 21 days to register for this class and I'm doing it for free in the month of October, starting on October 1st. You got that? October 1st. If you came back and watched this show in November, you missed your opportunity to join. Uh, it's October 1st. It's going to be six weeks long. I'm going to hold you guys by a hand in a Facebook group, private Facebook group, and show you guys exactly how to do the things that I teach, how to create content, how to answer questions like this, how to set up a scenario just like this, where you can have a green screen if you want to, you can have a camera if you want to, you can even have somebody here interviewing them if you want to. I'm going to go through equipment that I use, like my microphone. I'm going to talk about how to set up your social media profiles. I'm going to answer the questions that you guys have. So in the link below, I don't have it up there now. So if you're watching live, tough luck. But afterwards, I'm going to have in the comment a link that you guys can go to. Uh, it's basically... TOS, like the orange stack, TOSUniversity.com 
forward slash masterclass. And what that's going to do is it's going to allow you to register for this free class. Literally, it's free. There's nothing that you can buy. I'm doing it for free because I've done this one-on-one with a lot of clients. Uh, and, and it's usually about a year process for me to do it with a year uh, with a client. And I work with them month after month after month. And it's great. And by the end of it, they have a successful business. They're able to use social media. They're able to get their message out there. They're able to attract the clients that they're looking for. And I'm going to go through a lot of examples of how we've done, how we've done this for clients. But I want to teach it on a bigger group because the one-on-one is great, but I feel like I'm going to shine better in front of bigger groups and I want to bring this to more people. And so we are going to limit it to 100 people because I, I can't have the class get to be 1,000 or, or massive. I just want to keep it uh, reasonable because I'm going to be able to connect with you guys one-on-one. Uh, basically, it's going to be in a Facebook group. There's going to be videos throughout the week. There's going to be homework assignments. There's going to be companionships that you guys can build relationships with of other small business owners throughout the United States. You know, if you own a pizza company and somebody else owns a pizza company in two different places, you guys can connect, you do your thing. It's basically for you guys to learn and grow and find out how to use social media better in your business. Here's the intermission. Basically, click on that link below, register for it. The only thing that I ask to get into the group is that you tell me the number one question that you have with using social media in your business to attract your dream client. So what are you struggling with it? Is it creating content? Is it using a platform? Is it how often do I post? Whatever it is, write the question below, hit submit, and you're in. It's that simple. And come October 1st, we'll get this thing started. So let's get back to the questions. End of intermission. Okay, question number three, if you're still hanging around and you didn't bail off on my sales pitch, <laughs> uh, if you had a room full of people from the auto industry, I love the auto industry, I love cars, which is notorious for spending their marketing budgets poorly, I a thousand percent agree. What would you say to them? <laughs> this is awesome. Okay, so if you haven't been listening, the thing that I tell everybody is show people how to use your product in a way that they don't need you. Okay, this is great. So if I teach you how to do everything around here without me, you're not going to need me. But what that allows me to do is it allows me to teach you everything that I know. It allows me to position myself as the expert of knowing how to create video, how to speak to the camera, how to create content, how to engage with my audience, how to attract clients, all those kind of things. Sir, you could probably Google everything that I teach. You could YouTube it. But by me showing you guys how to do it, it makes me more accountable. It makes me more um, recognizable. There's another word that I can't think of right now, but it allows me to basically show that I know what I'm talking about. And it's going to teach you something so that you can follow along and implement these same ideas in your business. I'm honestly like all the content's out there for free. If you just go back to our YouTube channels, it's all there. You can probably figure out how to run this business if you just look through our content that we've shared so far. But again, by you seeing that I know how to do it, that I'm the expert in it and that I can get you guys the results that I've had in my business. Now you're going to say, well, I can trust Eric. I can either go spend thousands of hours and figure it out on my own, or I can just hire him and, and he'll show me the way. Same goes with you and your product. So if you're in the auto industry and you're selling cars, so, and I'm just assuming that you're selling cars, maybe you're a mechanic, maybe you're a parts dealer. I don't know, but I'm just going to assume that you're selling cars because that's who I want to talk to at this moment. If you're a new car dealer or a used car dealer, you have inventory that you need to move. You know, whether it's 10 cars a month or 300 cars a month, you're trying to sell cars. And I feel like Toyota and Nissan and Honda and all these companies do a great job of running general commercials. You know, here's this new Nissan, whatever, and it's got all this technology and it's going to drive for you and deliver you to your destination and it's going to keep your drinks cold and it's going to do all this stuff for you, right? That's great. But when it comes to the local car dealer, they have all this inventory and they have all these great cars, but they don't show the owner anything about the car. They don't show them how to take care of their car. They don't show them all the features and benefits of the car. Like, for example, we have three girls, right? And we have three 
car seats in our car and they take up a lot of space. One thing when we were buying our car that I didn't know was, are these car seats going to fit in the back seat? I don't know. So we ended up finding this girl, actually. She's an amazing blogger and she talks about being a mom. She talks about minivans and cars and all this kind of stuff. She literally went through like every popular car seat that you can add to a car and she measured the distance from the door to door. So I know exactly how wide it is and I know how many car seats I can fit. I know, you know, if they recline or sit forward or if they face the other way, how much legroom I'm going to have in the front, all those kind of things. Think about the person who's buying another car from this dealership. You know, they want to know the technical aspects of the car. You know, how many miles per gallon am I going to get? How many miles per charge am I going to get? How often should I be rotating the tires? How often do I need to change the oil on these new cars? If it's electric, is there anything that I need to maintain? Because nobody talks about servicing electric cars because nobody knows how to work on them, right? If you have a Tesla, like where the heck do you take that thing to be worked on? So talk about the cars. Talk about the specifics of it. Right now, um, I'm trying to find a bigger vehicle that's going to allow me to tow some stuff because we've got a heavy trailer that I'm looking at. And so it becomes how much can that thing pull when the trailer's empty versus loaded, you know, gross vehicle weight, just tons of aspects like that. And even in my own car, there's three different numbers that the dealer references. There's the book that says a number, there's the trailer hitch, which shows a number, and then there's a door uh, with a sticker on it that shows a number. All three of those numbers are different all the way up to 1,500 different pounds. Which one do I trust, right? So if I'm telling, I need to ask questions. I need to find out the answers to these things so I don't break my car. Again, if, I, if I'm if i a commuter and I drive a lot, you know, and I need to charge my vehicle, showing maybe locations around my area where I can charge vehicles. My point is, is teaching your clients how to use your product in a way that enables you to be the expert, for you to stand out, and for you to show your clients that you know exactly what you're talking about and that you're gonna be helpful. If I buy a car from you and I have a problem in six months or a year from now, even if you're a used car dealer and you're usually like, I still want to know that I bought my car from the right place and that I'm going to be taken care of. I bought the car that I drive right now, which if you've seen me live uh, in real person, you know that I drive an orange, which is why we're called the Orange Stack, an orange GTI. I love it. It's a Volkswagen. I'm a huge Volkswagen fan. I bought it from a guy um, the day before my daughter was born. So it's got a lot of sentimental value to me. I brought my daughter home in it. I bought it on my wife's birthday. Just it's got a lot of sentimental value to it, right? why we named our company the way that we did. And I bought it from a guy who only sells Volkswagens and he's just, he's been known for doing that for 30 years in the town that he's in. And no matter what, my battery died two years later, replaced it for free because he wants that relationship. The little blinking thing on the mirror that blinks to let you know that I'm coming into your lane. It broke off in a car wash. He replaced it. Like he's that type of relationship. I know that I can call him up and say, hey, Jimmy, I'm struggling with this. I need help with that. I got it. Here's how I can help you, right? So be that support to people. Be that not lifeline, but that that value that your customers are looking for. If you're selling a car, which is a big investment for a lot of people, it's either a huge monthly payment or it's you know twenty, thirty, forty thousand dollars down. Or if you're buying a big truck or a fancy car, it could be a hundred thousand dollars. If you're going to make that type of investment with somebody, they've got to know that they can trust you, that you're in it with them, that you're going to support them, right? Just like the real estate agent in a house, just like anybody. If you've got money invested into something, you've got to know that they're going to be there. So answer their big questions, answer you know maintenance tips and driving suggestions and how do I do this? And what's the best way for that? And if I want to modify the exhaust, how do I do that? Right? If my, this weekend it happened, if I don't pass the smog test at the emissions test, what do I do? How do I know that I can fix this thing? Right? Am I, if I add on this extra part, is it going to affect that? Right? So answer the questions that people have, show people how to use your product, demonstrate the cars that you have available for sale. Again, if you're a used car dealer and you've got a whole mess of cars, you know, everything from Honda to Volkswagen to Ferrari and in between, talk about each of the cars, talk about the features and benefits of that car. There's a good chance that that car might be five years
five years old and maybe they don't have a lot of new information on that car anymore. Maybe do a walkthrough video for 10 minutes, you know, with you and the dealer in there and uh, show the features and benefits of that car and how it's going to serve their new owner someday and how it's going to be amazing. So that's what I would do. I would tell people that you got to stop running the radio ads and stop running the TV ads because not that many people are consuming this content, right? Like, yeah, it's great that you work with anybody's credit and it's great that you're going to finance anybody. But if you're trying to win people's business, you got to be there for them. I met, or I heard this one guy talk and I think it was Zig Ziglar, who's an amazing salesperson say, he's like, over my course of time, I think it was 20. I bought 20 Cadillacs from 20 different dealers because they couldn't stay in contact with me. They couldn't build that relationship. They couldn't keep me around. The dealer knew every year he'd bought a new Cadillac for 20 years, but every dealer failed at building that relationship. Imagine if the first one or the fifth one would have just said, hey, Zig, you know what? In 12 months when this car wears out and you're ready for that new model, come back for me. I'm going to be able to answer all those questions for you and stayed in contact on a regular basis, you know, maintain that car, change the oil in that car, replace the tires in that car, do all those things for them. It would have been a massively financial benefit for that dealer, but they didn't. They failed. Okay. We're getting long-winded today. I got to answer question number four so we can bounce on this one. This is going to be a short one. Question number four is what's the truth about college for children? And I'm guessing that basically is just saying, should I send my kid to college, right? Um, I've been going through this in my own mind. We've got an eight-year-old, a four-year-old, and a two-year-old. And I'm thinking, oh my gosh, college is going to be so expensive. Like when I went to school, it was expensive. It's going to be even more expensive in 10 years and 16 years from now on the other side of it. Um, but the question is, is what's college going to do for you, right? I love college. It, it was great for me. It kind of let me escape and get out of my parents' house and taught me new things, helped me to grow up. Uh, it allowed me to mature. Obviously, I was living on my own, doing my own thing. I lived a thousand miles away from my parents. I got into trouble sometimes. I probably made bad choices sometimes. I didn't pass all my classes. I remember having to retake a couple, but I kind of grew into who I was. I figured out who I was. I built relationships with people. I met my wife there. I built mostly lifelong friends there. And I learned what I didn't like in life. And I learned about who I was becoming. It taught me about business and it taught me about my strengths and my weaknesses. Now, that's not to say that life can't do that for you. I know plenty of people who drop, or not drop, get out of high school, don't go to college and, and go travel, go do their thing, go get a job somewhere, go learn their own way of learning, right? And I don't think college is for everybody. I think that everybody's kind of got their own ability of learning, their own way of taking knowledge in, their own way of doing their things. So if you're, and this is my opinion, if you're going to become a dentist or a lawyer or some skill set in life where you need that degree to get to do what you want to do, right? Like you can't just say, I want to be a, a dentist. Like this weekend, I had to pull one of my daughter's teeth. I can't be like, ooh, that was a lot of fun. I'm going to go start pulling teeth for people. Like that's just not how it works here. You've got to go to school and you've got to have a degree. So if that's the case, go to school for these things, you know, and do those things. But if you're like, hey, I want to be an entrepreneur or I want to own a business someday or I want to, you know, invent something or create something or design something, you don't need to go to college for that. You just need the experience and learning. There's a problem. Let me see if I can solve it, right? So number one, if you have to go to college, go to college if that's what you want to do. I don't think most people know what they want to do when they get to college and they kind of figure it out. Like some people are like, I want to be a dentist. This is the route that I'm going. Some people get halfway through dental school and say, I don't want to do this anymore. I want to go do something else. And that's okay too. So college may help you figure it out. I changed my major seven times. I had no idea what I was doing in college when I got there. So I think if, if you have to go to college, great. If you don't, it can become a massive amount of money to spend for you to figure out what it is that you're trying to do in life. I would suggest that 18 or 19 year old, when they get out of high school, if they don't know what they want to do, if they're not becoming a dentist or a 
a lawyer or whatever that school needs to be, go work for a while. Go get a job somewhere. Go internships. Go just, like, if you can live at home with your parents and live for free, go volunteer your time. Even if it's like, okay, well, there's the volunteer time for service, but there's the volunteer time at a business too. If somebody was like, hey, you know what? I want to get into video and I would love to work with you. I'm 18 years old and I'm living with mom and I can live for free and I haven't gone to college, but I want the experience. I would say, here's the camera. Go for it. Like, start filming. Like, let's make this vlog, right? And I'd probably give them a couple bucks for it. But even if they were willing to work for free, like, do that because you're going to get so much experience by working with that person and being able to bring them value and help them find what they're looking for. You're going to learn like crazy versus going to film school for five years and coming out of that and being like, hey, I know how to hold the camera and I know how to describe all these crazy technical terms. By you physically holding this camera and recording somebody for five years, you're going to have such better ability. So college is great for some people. It's not for everybody. If you don't know what you're doing, go work, go figure it out, go save some money. Don't go into debt. Go, don't go spend 20, 30, $100,000 a year just trying to figure out if this is the, the right thing to do for me. My college education was expensive. And at the end of it, I'm not doing what my degree was. I did for the first six or seven, eight years, and it kind of got me into what I'm doing today, but I'm not doing it anymore. And I I don't regret going to school. I loved it. It was what I needed at the time. I think I would have just taken some job out of high school and probably just turned out average. So I'm glad that I, I figured out what I was doing and I'm glad that I took the time five years of my life and spent a lot of money to go to college. It was good for me. So if you've got kids who aren't great at learning and aren't great at studying and haven't figured out like what they're doing, I don't think you need to force them down that route. You need to just kind of let them explore and do their thing and obviously try to keep them within the bounds of you know starting a business or growing a business or learning a business or learning a trade uh, and obviously they got to support themselves so you got to figure that out you know there's maybe a good trade school that they can get a degree in in a year and go get some examples for example my dad owned an HVAC company and the guys who were in the union who were sheet metal guys and plumbers they could go get a degree in you know 12 to 18 months and have an amazing career as a W-2 employee and if that's what you're interested in that's the route you want to go you can make some great money over time and maybe you start your own plumbing company someday and figure your thing out but there's the other side of it too where there's plenty of people who wake up 20 years later and they still haven't done anything in their life and they have nothing that they're looking forward to and they're still living paycheck to paycheck and they don't have any source of financial income that's going to support them like how's that going to do any good for you so figure out where you want to go and I guess this is speaking more to the kid if you don't know what you want to do go try a dozen different jobs over the next year you know work a month somewhere each till you figure out what it is that you love what you're passionate about and excited about and go chase that dream okay guys this is a long one thanks for being around thanks for supporting the cause and uh, again check for that link below if you're uh, just checking in right now on the live show we're going to be doing our free mastermind class so go check that link out afterwards but thanks for being here guys as always appreciate the support appreciate the following along making sure my outro's up so we can run this show properly and hey if you're looking for a free job and you want to come man my computer and help us produce the Ask Eric Cameron show raise your hand uh, send me a DM I'd love to hear from you guys appreciate you guys as always have a fantastic week week and we'll see you on the next one. Hey, thanks so much for joining us on today's show. Be sure to hit the subscribe button to get these podcasts delivered to you every week as we share strategies on how to grow your business with social media. I'm Eric Hammond with Orange Stack. We'll see you next time.